Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear, and we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. The title is Vision Requires Systems. And a lot of times, especially in church, especially in free churches, uh, systems can be something very scary. It can be something that, when used improperly, uh, they can be used to control. I mean, I don't know, you know, my history in church is I've, I've seen it. Um, honestly, I've done it before, before I really knew the freedom that God had for me. Uh, I would use systems that were, you know, given to me that I learned, that were taught to me to have people do what I wanted them to do. Even a lot of times before I would consult and even ask the Holy Spirit, well, what is it, God, that you want for us to do right now? And so one of the things that, that I saw is that every, every vision, everything that is birth, this place, this, this church, the resting place, everything, everything still requires a system for success. For, to maintain it, to be successful, there is a system. There's a system to everything in life. I've been, uh, this September, me and my wife have been married for 20 years. Uh, we got married right out of high school. We were 18 when we got married. Um, we had the goal, uh, we wanted to be in ministry. Like literally, somebody gave us a little book. Uh, said, just write down your three and your five-year goals and, and different things like that. And one of the first things that we both wrote down was, in three years, we'd like to be in full-time ministry. Um, and I know it's not for everybody, but for us, I mean, I would go to work and I was working in a lot of factories. Uh, I'm from Michigan and working in factories up there. And I'm like, this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Like I, I was worried more about the heart of the person working next to me than I was actually doing my job or worrying about this product that's going out to somebody or whatever it was like I, that didn't, that didn't fill my heart. Like it was more, so I would get in trouble from taking too long of breaks because somebody ends up crying in the break room or doing whatever because they're telling me about their girlfriend and they got them pregnant or their parents are kicking them out. Like all these different things that like it would just come out because that was, that was really what was on my heart. But in 20 years of being married, going from Michigan, we moved to Decatur, Alabama. Um, we traveled around with a guy named Eddie James for a little while and coming back to Michigan and then coming to Florida which I promised, I promised God, I told my mom, my mom prayed for me for years to move to Florida. Her and my dad were pastors in Sulphur Springs, and she was like, I feel like God is, is saying for you to move over here. And I'm like, I'm going to tell God no. I'm going to pray against your prayers. I'm going to tell God not to listen to your prayers. Because there's, if there's one place I don't ever want to live, it's in Florida. I didn't, I didn't want to leave my family. I didn't want to leave my friends. Like, everything I knew was in Michigan. That's where I got married. That's where I met my wife. That's where I was in the same school from third grade all the way till I graduated. Uh, like, I, I loved everything about West Michigan. It was small. I knew everything there. And then, long behold, I was like, it's time to move. It's time to get out of Michigan. Uh, really, me and my wife both, we actually both lost our jobs at almost the same time. And we had a baby on the way, and I'm like, where are we going to go? What are we going to do? Her family's in San Antonio. Mine was here in Tampa. I'm like, well, I already prayed against Tampa, so there's no way I'm coming over here. And so I was like, well, let's move. Let's, let's go to San Antonio. And that, uh, 
that night, Gigi had a dream. She was like, God says we're moving to, to Tampa. I'm like, you need to go back to sleep. You need to ask again. I said, do you understand what this means? We moved to Tampa. We live with my mom. Have you thought this all the way through yet? And she was like, I just, I, God says this is what we're supposed to do. So I was like, all right. So we ended up moving. And I promised everybody, I said, I'm here for two years. That's it. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to uh, get something that I can take back to Michigan to have a job that's not uh, in a factory. It's something that I can, you know, I can do over there. And, and I told my mom and dad, I said, I don't want anything to do with church. I don't want to go to church. I don't want to be a part of your church. I'm not going to help out with nothing. I don't want to make any friends. I just want to do what I'm here to do, move back to Michigan. Uh, that was this year. This will be 12 years. 2022 will be 12 years that we've been here in Florida and started multiple ministries um, and now running this church with, uh, with Caleb. And all of that, every step of the way, everything from two dumb kids in Michigan thinking that we were, we got married with no jobs. I got married, her, thank God, her, her parents, are, we told them we wanted to get married, and we were young and in love, and the first question everybody asked, like, oh, so she's pregnant? I'm like, no, she's not pregnant. I love her. She loves me. And you know what? And the first time that I actually really knew that she was the one, uh, I, I doubt she even remembers this story. We, so back in the day when you had, like, a big brick of CDs in your car that you had, you had to take the book out and open them up. I got in her car because, man, the fact that she married me, I was bumming my senior year. I had no car, no job, no nothing. Uh, I got in her car. She was taking me home, and I pulled out her her book of CDs, and it was a giant stack of CDs. And I flipped it open, and she had Fred Hammond, Kurt Franklin, Grits, T-Bone. She had all all these Christian... CDs, and I was like, this is my wife. I was like, this is the one. I was like, we, we have the same taste in music. She's a Christian, and, and I just knew. But from every step, every new job, every new thing that we tried to accomplish in life, every vision that we set out to have came with a new system. It came with growth. It came with we, we couldn't operate the same way that we did our first and second year of marriage, now the way that we're about to in our 20th year of marriage. is not possible. If we acted and operated the same way we did back then, my kids would be hungry. I quit a job every week back then. When I was 18, my, my only goal was like, let's just spend all our time together. Well, where's the money come from? Well, your mom and dad, they got money. Like, can they, can they help us out? Maybe my mom and dad can help us out. Maybe we can sell something. Like, it the mentality and the mindset, the system that I had, which was not a good system. It was not a good system for the vision that we had. There was no way we were going to accomplish our goals with that week of a system. And so now, years and years later, you know, so first we had our first daughter, Mia. And again, something got introduced into our lives that required a new system. Something got introduced into the vision of my life. I said, okay, this needs to change a little bit now. 
I can't, we can't be staying out all night. Now we have a baby. We can't have people over all the time because we have a baby. Like we, we have to consider her future now. We have to grow up a little bit. And then we moved to Florida. And then moving to Florida, finally, after fighting for a little bit, God was like, nope, this is what I called you to do. I was going to be a cop, and I was going to be a chef, then I was going to be an airplane technician. Like, I, all these things, just trying to find purpose of what I was supposed to be doing. And God finally said, stop running. You know what I've called you to do. You know that I've called you to be a pastor, to, to be in full-time ministry, to, to worship me. And I was like, all right, I give up. I'm done. I told my dad, I said, how can we be a part? How can we help? So now having a new piece of the vision. See, vision, it's, it's constantly growing. It's constantly changing. It's, it's, it's something that in your life, if you ever stop and say, all right, well, this is it. I have my plan. This is it. This is what I'm doing for the rest of my life, and I'm going to stick to this no matter what. You're going to hit some serious walls. You're going to hit some, some times in your life that you're going to realize that you're limiting God at that point. You're limiting the fullness of what he has because if he told you everything that he has for you right now, if he told you even what he wanted for you five years from now, a lot of us wouldn't be able to handle it. If he had told me when I moved to Florida that, let's see, that's 12 years, so that eight years later, I would be starting a church with a guy I barely know and that me and my wife would help and be the foundation of growing it to multiple campuses and working more than I ever have at any job that I've ever been at, that I'd be bringing my family, my daughters. My daughters get up at 6 a.m. every Sunday, every Sunday. They get up earlier on Sundays than they have to for school. They're 6 or 7 and 11 years old. And they get up early on Sundays and they do for school. And they come, and right now, my oldest, Mia, she's at the other church because she's helping out with the AV. She's helping run the computers. Like, she, she's doing stuff. They, they're part of this vision now. But if I would have been told that when I didn't even want to be a part of the church, I told God, forget you. I'm done. That vision doesn't fit my system right now. That doesn't fit what I'm trying to accomplish. I just wanted to go to school, and I wanted to get back to Michigan. So sometimes we can't, we're not ready for everything that God has for us yet. But as we slowly walk through, as we stay, uh, you got to stay loose. You got to stay moldable. You have to stay in this position of, God, what do you have for me now? What do you have for me now? Everything, everything was birthed from a vision, and every vision required a system. This place that we're in right now, so this was originally the Tampa House of Prayer. Originally, this, was, this building was, a, I think, a salon or something like that. But the Tampa House of Prayer that Catherine Ibel started literally across the street. I'll give you a little history for a second, because me and my wife were, were a part of this pr pretty much from the beginning. Catherine Ibel came from uh, T-Hop in Kansas City, or not T-Hop, from House of Prayer in Kansas City, came over here, and she was like, I feel like I'm supposed to keep this going in Tampa. And she looked, and she prayed, and she, 
her and some of her friends walked around Tampa, and, uh, and they found this building across the street. She opened the door, no worship leaders, no prayer people, just her. She opened the door, she turned on some music, and she said, all right, God, send in who's going to help grow this house of prayer. Me and my wife, not too long before that, had started a ministry called The Well. And all we did, we went around to any church, any house, any backyard, anything, anywhere somebody wanted worship. And I said, if you want worship, let us come in and just create an atmosphere of worship. If there was five people in the living room, fantastic. If there was a thousand people in the stadium, great. It, didn't, it really didn't matter to us. We just wanted to create an atmosphere of worship. And then God said, I need you somewhere consistent. And through a mutual friend, we met Catherine, and we went across the street. And as soon as I walked in, I'm like, I'm home. This is where the well is supposed to be. And we started meeting there. And see, that vision started growing. I'm like, all right, well, this is more consistent. This is not just a fly-by-night, go into somebody's house, go somewhere else. Like God was bringing consistency into what we were doing. And then there even came a point where I was like, maybe we should start a church. Maybe we should start. We got the building. Nobody's doing anything on Sunday mornings. What if we just did this on Sundays and invited people, invited a lot of the hurting and the people that we know don't want to go to church anywhere? And Catherine's like, that ain't part of my vision. That's not what God has told me to do. And when my vision met somebody else's that was close to me that didn't agree like it hurt for me I was like am I not hearing God am I am I missing something here and God was like nope it's just not the right time yet and so years later so I I separated from the house of prayer I told Catherine I said God's really telling me to go and do something and I love you but I can't do it here in this building and I want to honor her I wanted to honor what she was doing and the vision that God gave her. So me and Gigi, we ended up going and uh, traveling a little bit more. A couple years later, Catherine comes into this building. They had to get out of that one. She goes looking for a new spot. And long and behold, literally, I mean, it's right there. So right across the street, she sees uh, a lease sign. She comes and asks them, and she gutted this place. Like, if you would have seen it in the very beginning, there was, I mean, a whole room right here where y'all are sitting, walls up. I mean, she is in absolutely incredible what she did here. Just absolutely gutted it. And then she came to a place where she was like, my time here is done. And when that happened, she called me and Gigi. She said, I really feel like I'm supposed to give the Tampa House of Prayer to you guys. And I'm like, but I'm TRP now. Like, where I'm a church now, like, I, that's not even on my radar to just do a house of prayer anymore. But I took it because I was like, all right, God, maybe, maybe I can do both of these. And then so when we took that over, I quickly found out through no matter how hard I was trying, like, I'm not the well anymore. I'm not, that part of the vision has come and gone. And I can't go back to it. There's so many of us that, when God is trying to bring you into the next stage, into the next part of the vision that he has for your life, 
it, if it, look, it might look so drastically different from what was happening before that was going so well. They say, no, 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 I want to go back to my comfort zone. Like coming back, even coming here now, I just feel comfortable. Like this is my house. Like this is like I helped build so much of what was happening here. And I just feel safe in this room. And I wanted to run back to that. And God's like, I didn't give this to you for you. And it made me feel like a failure, honestly. It made me feel like, oh, my gosh, like, Catherine trusted me. All these people trusted me. The church has put money into this for me. We got new equipment. We got all these things. And I just can't make this thing run. And God said, because that's not who you are anymore. That's not part of your vision anymore. That's not part of what I've called you to do. You're a pastor. The hardest part for me of the house of prayer was people would come in and then they'd leave before I would even get to say anything to them. And for a pastor, that's really hard. I want to know what's going on with you. I want to know how is your day. I want to know the struggles. Like, how can I help you? How can I show you the love of God? And so as all of that unfolded, and then finally we sit in a meeting, and I tell the core team at the church, and Abraham's sitting there, and I tell him, I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like, this isn't me. This isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. Either I got to go drastic the other way and leave my campus and just focus on this as a church, or we have to find somebody else to do it. And Abraham, and honestly, I don't even know if he remembers in the beginning, like we wrote it all on the board, like, well, what would it take? It should be a person that can do this, can do this, can do this, can do this. And we all sat in the room. We're like, who's that person? And we all looked at Abraham. And Abraham's like, mm-hmm, I, I got to pray about this. And sure enough, and he knew it. He knew it. It was him, and it is, and now, see, the vision has grown, but the system that it has taken to get us here, to be vulnerable enough to say, this is not for me anymore, for Abraham to be vulnerable enough to say, and brave enough to say, I will take this on. See, as we, it, it's, it's time, the thing that is going to stop, that has not stopped what was T-Hop and is now TRP, now the resting place here, is people that consistently said, I'm going to step up into my calling. And right now, so yes, I am the campus pastor in Tampa, but this was birth. TRP was birth. Like, this is my heart. This place, it doesn't matter what campus. It doesn't matter how often I'm here. Every single one of these campuses, there's a part of me in them. Me and Caleb at three in the morning, For those of you who don't know Caleb, Caleb is the senior leader over all of the resting place. At three in the morning, God had me convince him why this was a good idea. My wife had a dream that he had influence over this region. And then his wife interpreted it and said, yeah, it's time to start a church. And Caleb got scared and sat in his chair and said, nope, I don't want to do that. Because churches hurt people. Churches is typically just a bunch of hurting people hurting other people. Which, unfortunately, yeah, it's true. It's, it, it's a sad reality. 
And then we finally said, we're like, why won't you do this? He says, because I'm scared. I don't want to be like that. And then finally, a day later, he was like, all right, I'm ready to do it, but only if you do it with me. And I was like, ah, this was a vision for you. This wasn't part of, I got the well, I'm traveling around. I don't have to deal with the crazy Sunday crowd and systems and all this and that. I get to go, do my deal. They cut me and Gigi a check, and then we move on to the next church. Whatever problems they got, that's their problems. We worshiped. We did our thing. I don't, I don't have to get into that. And God's like, no, you're going to build this with him. He's going to be able to count on you. God showed me uh, in Vanguard, in the school that Caleb had started, early on he said, you're going to be the Chris Valentin to his Bill Johnson. I assume that meant for the school. I was like, I can help him build this school. I can learn enough that maybe I can teach a couple classes. And then it quickly, so he's like, I'm not talking about the school. Like, this is relational. Like, you are going to be his number two. You are going to be the guy that he can always count on. The person that no matter if he's there or not, you're going to keep the house moving. You're going to keep the house going. I came into a covenant relationship with Caleb Hires and told him, said, I'm here no matter what. You get mad, I get mad, too bad. I'm not quitting, you're not quitting. I have tried to quit the resting place at least 57 times. I have sat in that back room when nobody was showing up to the house of prayer, the thing that I thought God had given me, with Caleb on the, on the couch and telling him, like, dude, I know I've said this before. But I mean it this time. I quit. I'm done. I'm going to go back to work. I can't take the stress. I'm clearly not doing what God is calling me to do. And it's like he just doesn't listen or he just doesn't. I don't know what's happening. Is he, won't, he refuses to let me quit. I'm here because Caleb has refused to let me quit. And I'm supposed to be the support for him. Every system, every vision, it needs a support. It needs a number two. It needs people that are going to come in and say, I'm going to support this with everything that I have. And I really wanted to come here today. What I really wanted to come to say is I really wanted a, a call to arms and I'm not here that often, so I don't know who is regularly here, who is first time here. But if it's your first time here, you picked a good one to come. Because I'm going to tell you what you're actually called to. I'm going to tell you what God, why God has brought you here, why you are here at this time, at this moment, in this church, in this region. Because it's time to stop running. This house has a clear vision for the lost to be found the found to be free, and for peace to reign in our city. That is the vision of TRP. That is our mission statement, which supplies, the vision is long. I would encourage you, go on TRP website. You can read the whole vision. There is a ton in there. And it all, I can tell you, it was, it was breathed by God because Caleb came up with that about two days after he said yes, and he emailed it to me, and I was like, was this a joke? 
Because two days ago, you wanted nothing to do with the church. I was like, you've been sitting on this for a while. Nobody comes up with pages of a vision statement so eloquent, so God-breathed, and, to, and like, you just came up with this? He was like, I prayed, I started typing, and this is what came out. And we have not changed it in four years. And all of the vision is supplemented by lost found, the found being free, and peace reigning in our city. The vision is accomplished by that mission. It's clear in this house. We do not waver from that. But vision will only take you so far. Uh, in James uh, chapter 1, verse 22. Oh, no, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. In Proverbs 29, 18. This is the Passion Translation. It says, where there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, heaven's bliss fills your soul. We have no problem with clear prophetic vision in this house. We have a prophetic team. Tracy Irwin is the head of that. Like, we, we have no problem with, God, what are you saying? Now let's do it. I'm going to be very real. This is where we actually have a little bit of an issue in this house. Is with people listening to the revelation of the word. Of people, the revelation of the word to me, that's the system. God breathes the prophetic word. He says, this is what I need you to do. This is what I need you to accomplish. South Tampa has a specific revelation of the word. It, It it follows lost, found, found free, and peace reign. But there's a specific way that you guys are going to accomplish that. See, the way that I've stayed married for 20 years is not the same way that any of you are going to stay married for 20 years. It's not going to work like that. There was a specific way that I had to figure out how I was raised, the good, bad, and ugly. I had to figure out how my wife was raised, the good, bad, and the ugly. And then we had to come together and figure out how do we make this work. The goal is healthy marriage, healthy kids. Godly marriage, godly kids. The goal for you guys here in South Tampa is the same. Lost, found, found free, peace, reign. TRP, Alaska. Lost, found, found free, peace, reign. TRP, South Africa. Lost, found, found free, peace. That's not going to change. But even though that you guys are 20 minutes away from the Tampa location, there's a different system. There's a different way that you specifically in this house, because they're led by me and Gigi in Tampa, and you guys are being led by this incredible gift of God that is Abraham. But there's a specific way that he needs to be supported. There is a specific way that as God gives him prophetic vision for this house, how to accomplish lost, found, found free, peace, reign, he needs support. Maybe it's one of you. Maybe, maybe, maybe the, the person that's supposed to support Abraham, Abraham's Chris Volatin, is in this room. I don't know. But I know that everybody that is here Everybody that comes under the anointing of this, man, you play a role. You have to ask God, what part of the system do I need to be to accomplish this vision? 
Because any vision without a system, it's not sustainable. It won't grow. And I can tell you what it will do. It will hurt that man right there. The weight of the vision, because he's not going to stop. I'm not going to stop. Eric and Wesley Chapel is not going to stop. I know that if I stop, the weight on Caleb's shoulders gets that much heavier. And I know that, no, this is what I am called to do. And I'm not saying that everybody's called to be in full-time ministry. There are some of you that absolutely, your mission is the workforce. Your mission is outside of these four walls. But nobody was meant to just sit on the sidelines. You guys are seated at the right hand of the Father. You have the best vantage point to hear and to see what is God saying to do right now in the earth. You have the best seat in the house to know what am I actually supposed to do. As God whispers into Jesus' ear and says, this is what I need for South Tampa. This is what Abraham needs because we trust him. I'm the leader at the hub. Every campus will be birthed out of the Tampa campus. That's how we have set this up. So my fingerprint, everything I do will be a part of every campus that comes out. So it is part of my responsibility to worry and to, and to not to worry, but I do worry, but to make sure that every campus has what it needs to give course correction, to give encouragement, to give the support, to support Abraham the best that I can with everything that's behind me. And so you get this incredible opportunity, one, to not just be hearers of the word, but doers of the word this morning. You get this incredible opportunity that as this man who has actually seen what it really looks like to be sitting at the right hand of the Father, I wish I, I, I can't wait so I can be at that point. as it's getting released into the house, as the prophetic vision is getting released into this house, you get this incredible opportunity to say, okay, what part of the system do I want to grab? And stop being afraid of being a part. Stop being afraid of what if I can't do it? Stop being afraid of what if, what if Abraham hurts me? What if TRP hurts me just like the last one? I, I, used to, I used to be that person, that skeptical, that pessimist. It's, it's everything was like, nope, you got an angle. You got an angle that's going to hurt me. You got an angle that, that you can't be this nice. You can't be that, that good. Something, all right, the true colors are going to come out in a little bit. And then I'm going to see why I was right of why I didn't trust you. You know what? It is my hope that you don't ever get hurt here. But it's possible that it'll happen. It's possible that we're not going to do everything right. But I can tell you, and I know you've probably heard this before, but I can tell you that in the four years that I've been a part of TRP, Every instance that I've come up against where there's somebody who disagreed with our theology, 
disagreed with how we manage things, disagreed with the way we looked, the way we sounded, with anything, it has been met with love. It has been met with an open ear. It has been met with, let me hear and try and understand you before I tell you why I did that. Because communication is only as good as what you hear. I can be saying all the right things, but if you didn't hear it or understand it, then I need to figure out how to try better. I need to figure out how to change what I am saying in a way because the ultimate goal is that I need you to understand what's in my heart. And I hope that this morning you can understand what's in my heart. I was saying that I want you to be a part of this. I see my brother Abraham every week. And a lot of times he's saying, he's like, I need help. I need help. He's running lyrics this morning. He's doing all these things. And because one of the greatest things we can do is serve. Yes, but I want help for Abraham because I see the vision of this house. Things that I can't even, that God doesn't want to even release yet. The vision of TRP is so much bigger than even Tampa. And I can promise you that the vision of South Tampa is so much bigger than this house. So much bigger than this. That's the vision. Now with that comes the system. With that comes, all right, we want to feed the homeless. How do we do it? Let's take a good thought into great action. Let's start going. But a lot of times if we just show up and hope things are going to work out, that's not sustainable. And this man has so much vision, so much love in his heart that he needs that help. We are going to accomplish the lost being found, the found being free, and peace reigning in this city. Oh, there's nothing stopping us. But I would much rather, we would much rather do that with you than just with you watching. And that doesn't mean that you have to preach. That doesn't mean that, like, it takes so many little things to accomplish big missions. I mean, at, at one point in time, the moon was unattainable. It, it, was, it was just a dream that you, people would look out and say, I wonder if we could ever get there. Now, I, you can pay like 50 bucks and go on a weekend. Like they're building rockets that anybody can go now. But somewhere at some point in time, it started with the tiniest, with the smallest meeting of, all right, what's our next step? How many people do we need? What do we need? What engineers do we need? Like it kept growing and growing and growing until it was just this easily attainable thing. But as systems grew, as technology grew, as things kept moving, they said, all right, the things that we did in the, in, in, in the 60s, 70s, like, they ain't going to work now. Those thoughts, those plans, are like, it's not going to work now. They're, they're obsolete. So the vision's got to change a little bit. And probably people that weren't able to keep up with that vision 
to keep up with those changes. They said, oh, I'm sorry, well, can't work on this project anymore. It'll end up hurting you more than it'll help the vision. And especially here at TRP, because we care so much about the people that are coming into our church, we will let you know that, no, this is actually going to hurt you more than it's going to help you. You might have all the passion and all the drive and all the desire, and we want you to be a part of it. But one of the first things, and it is probably my biggest job, is to check, are you in, a good, in, in an okay place to do this? Now, don't get stuck in, well, I wasn't ready, so I'll never be ready. No, that's, this is quick recoveries. Quick recoveries here. I believe God can heal. God can do anything in a moment. He can take whatever is broken, whatever isn't ready, and he can absolutely say, all right, take a week, and then let's do this. Take a month. Let's do this. One of the biggest things that deters people is say, it's, it's not my time. It's not my time yet. Okay, well, when is your time? Because God is outside of time. And he is the one that he can fix anything in a moment. I personally believe it's probably nobody here. But I do believe that a lot of hurt Christians have used it's not my time yet as a holy excuse to cover their fear, to cover yesterday's pain. Don't let yesterday's pain stop you from tomorrow's possibilities. There is, there is so much in each and every one of you. And as a pastor at TRP, as somebody who genuinely cares about you, whether I know you or not because I know that you're called I know that you were created in God's image. I don't need to know the ins and outs of you to know that when God put you on this earth, he put you on this earth with a purpose. He put you with a, uh, with a reason, with something that only you could do. And if you're here right now, that means that you're part of the system. That means that there's something that you have that nobody else has here that can help the lost to be found, the found to be free, and peace to reign in this city. And so I would ask you guys to please consider talking to Abraham. Please take it to prayer and say, what am I supposed to do next? Because, see, I'm screaming a little bit on the inside because as a pastor and as somebody who just, I can do it all myself, I tell myself, like, no, 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 just be okay. Just sit there, like, it's okay, like, we can do it. We'll take care of everything. But God has opened my eyes to see what's going on outside these four walls. God has opened my eyes to see the real tragedy that is happening in this world. And so now I just see a room full of people. I just see a room full of solutions. I see a room full of people that, no, you can fix it. You can fix it. You can fix it. You can fix it. You are God's answer for the world's problems. Whether you believe that or not, you'll get there eventually because this world needs you. This town needs you. And if you're here, then the vision that has been set forth by the Holy Spirit for the lost to be found, the found to be free, and for the peace to reign in the city of Tampa Bay, you are the solution to that. 
So don't be scared of it. Take it a little bit at a time. You have an incredible pastor who loves people more than anybody I've ever met. And because I love him, I'm coming here to say, help him. Help this church. Help this region. Help the people that nobody else is willing to help. You guys are that answer. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Resting Place, South Tampa Campus. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at a gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.